Hey guys, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. I'm Kara Goss, online registered dietitian and health and fitness coach. And I'm Kylie Kaiser, online health and fitness coach, and we're your hosts. This podcast is all about improving yourself physically and mentally. And y'all, neither of those things can be improved with a quick fix. We are here to be real with you about your fitness and fat loss goals, your health, your mindset, and everything in between. If you're ready to open your mind to the process that self-improvement requires, instead of always looking for the next quick fix, then this is your podcast. Let's get started. What is up, you guys? Welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast episode. Forgot to check before we started. I think <laughs> classic, classic <laughs> episode eighty-seven. I believe that we are I on. I feel it is something like that. It's. I'm pretty sure it's eighty-seven. <laughs> so we're gonna go with that. And yeah, welcome. you're right. I checked. Hell yeah! See the intuition, the gut never lies. There we go. Now. Truly, never lies. But welcome back, you guys. Um, I hope that everybody's having a fabulous start to their Monday or whenever you're listening to this. Kylie, how you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's been a busy day. It's been a busy week, which is good. Um, yeah, I feel like sure. I'm getting into like my workflow with everything we talked about last week and just trying to get into what that like system looks like as I've, I brought on a couple new clients last week since I announced that and um, so exciting. trying to just get into the groove and um, it's fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I've just been busy. What about you? Busy, busy. Yes. Big same. Like I pretty much took like two days off last week to travel home. And then it's a three day week for me this week because I'm leaving for Colorado on Thursday for my best friend's bachelorette. And that's just going to be a whirlwind in itself. So excited though. Never been to Colorado. So I'm really, really pumped. We have a lot of fun stuff plans. Everybody pray for me. And it's, it's really cool um, that you're doing that. I really actually, I just saw today in my Facebook memories is the, not the last time I went to Colorado, but um, the first and only time I've been skiing was like 11 or 12 years ago this week or something. Really? Um, Why are we always synced up on the weeks? I know. know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah, I don't, um, I know we were talking about recap. I don't have a ton of stuff um, that's been going on this last week. I was, I did some fun things. I went to a show on Saturday. Like that was fun. Like a a EDM show and some things like that. Um, that. and then, um, Sunday night I got, uh, sushi with our pal Lebby and our two guests today, actually. Um, and it was actually both of their birthdays (laughs) over this last week. So happy birthday belated to our guests, the Liptons, the Liptons at first. Thank you. First, what I gotta say is if you know, you know, there's nothing like a Lipton podcast. Nothing like <laughs> it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to link one of these TikToks in our show notes just so everyone doesn't think you've absolutely lost your fucking mind. But <laughs> truly, so for those of y'all who don't know, there is this woman named I forget what her full name is. Her name's Eva on on TikTok, and she yeah. just like creates random tiktoks with just random things and like the ones that we love are like the she like will get a pack of little debbie cakes and be like like a little debbie cosmic brownie nothing like it (laughs) (laughs) and us and the liptons just die over it so that's an inside joke but if y'all need like a pick me up during your day just like we'll link it in the show notes (laughs) she's a national national treasure that lady and I, I will tell you 
She's a truly calming presence in my life. I'm not going to lie. Kind of like <laughs> she said- feels, she feels like my mother, honestly. A you bit. said that the other day and I lost it. <laughs> so I will say, I will say that, uh, there is nothing like a Lipton's podcast, also like a Lipton like hangout. It. And there's nothing like annihilating some sushi with Kenny and Sarah Lipton, which I have done frequently in my life and I will continue to do. <laughs> yes. Heck Love that. Yeah. Love that so much. Yeah. So obviously you guys, we have the Lipton's here. For those of y'all who don't know, you should know by now. If you're a frequent listener to the podcast, you should know who the Lipton's are. But if you do not know, we had Sarah and Kenny on way back when we first started the podcast. This was like two years ago now, probably. It was probably, probably in our, I want to say in our first like first 10, 10 episodes. episodes. And mm-hmm. then you were they were back oh when we did the squad pod. So this yes. is technically their third oh, yeah. appearance, but second solo appearance. Yes. Look how oh special gosh, you guys are. It's been a long time. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, the, the squad heck? pod has been a little over a year ago itself, so. So nuts. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Yeah. That's I know. Insane. I know. But fun. so we do, in case we have any new listeners here, we would love for you guys to just briefly introduce yourself and, yeah, talk a little bit about who y'all are. Sure. I We always, Kenny and I always look at each other like, who's going to go first? Who's going <laughs> to yeah. do it? So I guess, I guess I'll go ahead and break the ice. So I am Sarah Lipton. Obviously, we're married. Um not brother and sister, <laughs> like my <laughs> Just clear that up. <laughs> um, you're just married. to be clear. Um, yeah, just to be clear. Um, but I am Sarah Lipton, and um, my background is in, um, I started fitness back in, gosh, 2014. Um, Katie Hearn was the one that kind of got me started in fitness. Yep. Um, I had a job that I hated right out of college. Um, I'd always been involved in fitness in one way or another, and I decided to get a personal training certification to get myself out of that job and um, was training in-person clients, loved it. Um, Where I was training, unfortunately, wasn't lucrative, moved into event planning, which is completely, you know, different type of field, obviously, Um, Mm -hmm. but always kind of stayed up to date with like fitness and stuff like that Um, and was still training private clients uh, on the side Uh, and then quickly kind of moved into bodybuilding style of training. And I did that for a really long time, uh, with Kenny and, um, we, you know, kind of run and ran into our own functional issues and kind of brought us into moving into the functional side of things. Um, we own full effort coaching together and it is something that we are super, super passionate about. Um, and being able to kind of move into the functional side of things, even though it's been a journey, has definitely been something that we're super grateful for to be able to help people that um, have gone through similar things. So that's a little bit of background about me and uh, I'll go ahead and turn it over to uh, Kenny. Yeah, um, so my background is also, it goes pretty far back. So um, I studied psychology in college, uh, went to UCLA for that. And at the time I I chose that major because I didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And ultimately I found myself going towards physical therapy uh, just because I was in the physical therapy office most of my life, I broke my knee in high school, and I also ended up uh, getting hit by a car, uh, which was actually later down in my life. But ultimately, wanted to go that route just because I wanted to help people, just like the physical therapist helped me. Mm-hmm. Uh, when is the physical therapy field? And when I was in there, uh, worked with different populations, so uh, ranging from athletes to general pop, all the way to geriatric, uh, to burn victims as well. And uh, it was it was a great experience, but uh, there were a few things that um, I wanted to do a little bit more that I couldn't necessarily do in that world. 
Um, primarily, I wanted to uh, go from the real bit rehabilitative side to more so the preventative side. So to prevent people from going into the physical therapy office, not to say that, you know, obviously physical therapists are wonderful, but mm -hmm. if you can avoid it, then then beautiful. Um, and then ultimately, uh, I, I got hit by a car later in my life, which ended up having me uh, join Sarah in the gym because cycling was actually my uh, passion at the time. That was like my main go-to sport. And then ultimately, uh, yeah, made, made our way into uh, the coaching world. Uh, and then as Sarah had mentioned, uh, at some point, I also ran into some functional issues as well. Um, it was a gut issue. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that kind of actually was a turning point for how our coaching went. Uh, so it went from being strictly about uh, just basic, you know, movements to optimizing movements to train with intensity to now, now learning how to integrate both health and I guess you can say uh, optimal movements. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And you guys have such a, such a cool background story. Like you guys have both been through so much in your own journeys mm -hmm. and Again, I think that's just what makes you absolutely incredible coaches and like you care so much about the people that you work with. Absolutely. And so, you know, for those of you who don't know, obviously, like we all started out on the same fitness and bodybuilding team. Like that's really how we all got interconnected. And <laughs> mm -hmm. one of the really big things that we wanted to discuss with you guys today is were those functional health issues that you guys went through. And, you know, because the first time that we had you on, we were kind of talking about like optimizing training and all that kind of stuff. And you guys are such a wealth of knowledge in that area. But, you know, as we move more into the functional health space and like helping people really with like these hormonal and metabolic dysfunctional issues, it's so important for people to understand like, what is realistic during this time and how does our mindset play a role in these things and how difficult mm -hmm. of a journey this actually can be. And I think it's just really helpful to hear it from people who have been through it. So yeah, we would love for you guys to kind of break down, like each of you break down a little bit, like what you've been through in terms of like your own functional health issues. And then we can kind of talk about like what you had to do to like dig yourself out of that. Yeah. Sarah's like, yeah. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Grab some All popcorn, y'all. Right. I was about to say cracks can. Like, <laughs> let me crack a cold one. For, let me crack a crisp Diet Coke for this one. Crisp, crisp sugar-free root beer, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Dr. Diet Coke for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so, man, um, I don't even know where to start. Honestly, like my issues were definitely rooted in chronic stress. Mm -hmm. Um, as I had kind of mentioned, I was working in the event management space for God, I think 10 years. Um, and I don't know if there's anybody who's an event manager that's listening to this podcast, like event management is top five, most stressful jobs, which is so ridiculous because it's up there with like firefighters and policemen and like which that seems insane. absurd but it is so if you if you look that up it, it is one of the top five most stressful jobs that there are out there um and I spent 10 years in it and the thing with functional issues is that these things don't happen overnight it's a culmination of years and years of things that we are just doing to our bodies whether it's from stress or from dieting and dieting is stress but you know chronic dieting um all of those things and you know it took a really long time for those things to catch up to me. Um, I was dealing with what I thought was estrogen dominance. Um, 
for a while, I was fine. I was able to train to failure. My body responded during a fat loss phase. It was great. Like I was, it felt great. Mentally, not good at all. I was waking up in the middle of the night. You know, these are things that like, I didn't think were abnormal. I thought these were things that just happened. Mm -hmm. And this was just my life. And this is just part of being a person. And the reality of the situation is that it it is not. So, you know, I had, you know, I was training to failure um, all the time. I never changed anything about how I was training. I never did any deloads or anything like that. I had an extremely high stress job. I wasn't sleeping through the night. Um, Kenny and I were commuting uh, four hours a day training, you know, after work. Um, so our mm-hmm. days were about 16 hours long by the time we got home. Um, and it was like eat, sleep, repeat. Um, and back to just like what I was dealing with from a hormonal perspective is I thought I was dealing with estrogen dominance. And this is why like as a functional health coach, it is so important to test because symptoms overlap for a number of different things that you could have going on. Um, so I got my levels tested, uh, via Dutch, um, and I had tanked estrogen, like zero estrogen, mm-hmm. which shouldn't be happening at a person my age. Um, and very little testosterone. Miraculously, my progesterone was fine. Mm-hmm. Who knows? That's but, really surprising, uh, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And this was also coming off of 15 years of birth control at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so mentally I was a mess physically, the symptoms did not, um, they did not show themselves, but mentally, um, I was having like extreme, extreme mood swings two weeks out from my periods. So there was maybe one week during the month that I was feeling good mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I just thought that those things were normal for a really long time right? until I started to move into, you know, the functional, into the functional space. I'm actually starting to work on these things because what happened was, is I started hitting a wall, um, from a weight loss resistance perspective. So like I said, my body was responsive up until a certain point. And again, it took years to kind of get there. And it just so happened to be when I started testing and kind of being aware of those things, that things started to bottleneck and started to manifest themselves physically in addition to mentally. Um, So that's kind of like what I had been dealing with for a really long time. Um, And then, you know, started to work on those things. But it just like one functional issue, just remember it's like, it's a culmination of years and years yeah. and years and undoing those things is definitely not something that ha- happens overnight. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that that was a really good, just kind of like brief overview of what you went through. And obviously we'll kind of get into obviously like what you had to do to overcome that, the weight gain, all of that kind of stuff, because I think that that's something that so many people struggle with. Um, but Kenny, I'm curious to know now, like what were, what was your, kind of experience with your GI health issues and everything. Cause I know that you went through some, some pretty bad issues of your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, it was actually during a time where I was trying to gain as much muscle as possible. So I basically went to a bulk and mm-hmm. at the time, and uh, this is embarrassing. Um, I was being led by uh, a coach who didn't really have my best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And I went into this bulk uh, with just eating everything inside, just trying my best to basically get it done. Yeah. And when I was deep into it, it got to a point where I started having acid reflux, um, mm-hmm. in the middle of my sleep. So I wake up with basically throw up in my mouth. Um, oh, I was heavily bloated mm-hmm. and, uh, basically going to the bathroom all the time, gas every, almost every hour. It was really awful. Um, so, you know, looking at it, 
it's ironic and it's funny now being past it and looking at just coach as a whole and it's ironic to me that there's something called the functional space right like there's a there's an actual space in the fitness industry that's for functional health and that and that mm-hmm. to me doesn't make any sense because that alone should be part of already just mm-hmm. natural you know being healthy in general Ooh, and so yeah. big preach right know, there the, yeah yeah the, 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 there's something called uh and i don't know if this is a, a term like a real term but i was telling Sarah the other day, uh, like environmental intelligence. So mm-hmm. depending on your environment, you develop at a certain intelligence. So for example, if you go to a gym and you've been going to the gym for a long time and maybe they have multiple types of machines, maybe they have multiple types of water fountains, you kind of get used to that gym environment. You maybe develop preferences. You may start to realize, oh, that leg extension is better than that leg extension or perhaps that water fountain is better than that water fountain. Mm-hmm. And that's a very surface level kind of description of what environmental intelligence is. But for, for, you know, for someone who's going to the gym, depending on where you're getting your information from, you may believe that one thing is the way to do it. So mm-hmm. for example, this functional side of health, which, you know, we're all part of now, if you aren't aware of the importance of hormones, the importance of gut health, the importance of just being healthy as a whole, that environment that you're cutting yourself off of that is no longer part of your intelligence right now you're just kind of operating based off a very almost a blockade like a box and that's where I was Mm -hmm. I was thinking okay got to train to failure got to build muscle I can handle it you know rest whatever but I never considered what was actually happening on the inside yeah and it's it's very funny because going through it it was the worst it was the worst thing that I've ever been through and I'll never go through it again um, I was 250 pounds. Uh, so I'm about five, 10 and I went from 100, 195 pounds to 250 pounds. And I felt horrible, uh, mm-hmm. gained tons of fat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was, you know, I had sleep apnea as well. So it, it was Sarah's like, yeah, I heard it. Sleep. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh yeah it was bad we actually had to start sleeping in a different room because it was, it was that bad um and you know it's in the bodybuilding world which is where we came from i think there's a lot of uh emphasis on getting results you know at, uh-huh. at all costs and right, you yeah. don't really consider you know the potential <laughs> consequences of that and sometimes what ends up happening is that you if you want to get more progress, sometimes introducing external drugs or external supplements or some external assistance to keep you pushing, as opposed to stepping back and seeing, hey, you know, what should I actually do? Um, And it it was really, it was very eye-opening for me. Yeah. I think it's like really great to hear you speak on this too, because I do think just naturally, obviously, Kara and I are women. We work with mostly women. When I was coaching, I only worked with women. You primarily work with women. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the, we've had, we've had a lot of male guests on here, but we, a lot of the males we've had on actually predominantly work with women. And so I feel like when mm. we're talking hormonal issues and things like that, I think a lot of times in the functional space where there's a lot of like that going on because women are the chronic dieters more often, like all of these things there's, we also have like just all of the stuff with like your menstrual cycle and the birth control and all of that. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think it's like, 
not talked about enough, actually, how many of these issues come up for men and especially this specific issue, because I know a lot of men bodybuilding or not, like I can remember in college, all the guys that were always doing all these like dirty bulks and things like that. And like, not really thinking about how the, like the impact it's having on your body to like, I think, I think a lot of people, especially women, actually, we don't have a perspective of like how much food that calorie intake really is Mm -hmm. and that the issues that can come up when you're pushing that caliber of food, when you're trying to do that with all, like, let's say nutrient, more nutrient dense foods that are going to be better for your overall health. It's almost impossible because the pure volume of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you have to have kind of that very strategic balance of how to do that. And then, you know, a lot of people, they can't handle that or like this different, like digestive distress that's going to come from maybe like that fiber intake or whatever else. So they resort to these things like the milkshakes or the cereal and like slamming all this type of food, like, you know, stuff that maybe was true to you to just at any cost, like you said, being able to get these calories in no matter what it was, you know, I know we all have the funny story about like your Chick-fil-A meal and like stuff like that, but like yeah. you were doing things, you were doing things like that though, because it was like, how else do I eat this fucking food with, mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, all of us, I mean, on the right day, I can put down a whole pizza and I might feel miserable, but I can do that easier than I could eat that same amount of calories in like chicken and vegetables, right? Like that's just not going to happen. And so it's like, I think that this is really common for men that are like trying to put muscle mass on and they don't have the right guidance because all they're reading and all they're seeing is like, you need to eat more, you need to eat more, like you need to get more calories in. And really the only guidance they have other than like a calorie amount is maybe like, make sure your protein is up. And so if they're Mm -hmm. even getting that one extra cue, that's really it. And so there's probably a lot more guys out there just like thinking that feeling like garbage during their growing phase is normal. (laughs) So I actually really love that we have that perspective. You know, I don't know how many male listeners we have, but we do have some we found out. But (laughs) for, even for the women, like a lot of our female listeners and the women who listen have partners who are also on a health and fitness journey Mm -hmm. for that with them are also trying to figure out, you know, Mm -hmm. what they, what their partner should do, you know, and so it is really important to hear it from a male perspective. Yeah. And it's still important too, for the women who like, I mean, there's some women that in a growing phase are pushing like 3000 calories or something like that. And it's the same thing for us. Like respect, like what's the word I want? Um, comparatively speaking, that's like the same level of difficulty for a lot of us to like hit that much food and same thing. It's like to do all that with certain sources is hard. And so you have to really be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's funny. Like, um, there, there's concepts like Seco, right? Calories in versus calories out, Mm -hmm. which I think, concepts like that which are obviously very true it's a, it's a law right of thermodynamics but i think there's a certain fault that tends to happen with the industry as a whole where it's very oversimplified where a solution mm-hmm. is given at a very surface level and then you run with it um, yep. which is what happened to me right you right. you either cut or you can bulk and mm-hmm. Calories are viewed as maybe to a certain degree, like and a means to an end, as opposed mm-hmm. to what those calories are actually doing mm-hmm. to you. It's not it's not the calories that matter. It's what you're doing with the calories and the quality of those calories, and also what are you or how you respond to those calories. Exactly. Um, because it, yeah, it's never about stuffing your face or cutting out as much food as you want to get mm-hmm. to a certain degree, right? The there's a there's a diminishing effect of return with these things. It's um, huge. And I, th- yeah, yeah. I, I think the oversimplification of these concepts is a huge um, problem. Yeah. And yeah, that's sure. where, that is where, you know, functional health comes in and looking at 
the person as a whole and not yep. just simply taking these simple concepts and running with them, no matter like whether or not the person feels like shit. You know what I mean? Like we have to look at that person as a whole and all of yeah. their biofeedback. And so, you know, obviously like our listeners can understand that you have both been through a lot with your bodies and, you know, some of our listeners and our clients who listen and your clients as well have also been through a really difficult time trying to overcome hormonal and GI issues and years of chronic under eating and really having to reverse. We don't like saying quote unquote damage done because our metabolism is never damaged, right? It's simply just adapted, but there are, you know, issues that are going to arise from these years of, you you know, chronic stress, under eating, or even overeating, um, and just not taking care of yourself. And so I'm curious to hear from each of you, like, what was kind of the process of like getting you out of that hormonal dysfunction? What were some of the things that you had to do? And how long did it take? Because this is something that's really, really difficult for people to wrap their head around is that like, when we are dealing with years of not taking care of ourselves, we walk 12 miles into the woods, we got to walk 12 miles back mm -hmm. out. And then we got to stay there, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's yes. like, it's yeah. because why would you run back into the woods? Exactly. Yeah. And like, it, just, it just took you how long to get out. Exactly. Yeah. And I know like I, Kenny, I wasn't like as in contact with you as whenever you were going through your own GI issues, but me and Sarah basically went through our entire hormonal shitstorm at the same time. And so like HIBC, every, uh, yeah, HIBC, <laughs> we are the hormonally imbalanced bitches club. That is literally what we was call ourselves. <laughs> and it was, yeah, like the last year and a half to years was like it was really rough so I definitely want you guys to kind of break that down for our listeners uh yeah uh this is this is a lot I you know it's funny the hardest part of this whole thing for me I think is for so long I had my identity wrapped in this fit chick and like was always someone who was fit and lean and all of these things and and it's funny because to me, I wasn't ever lean enough. I wasn't ever good enough. I wasn't mm -hmm. ever, I needed more and more and more and more and more. And this is essentially what led me to where I ended up. Right. And yeah. the hardest part was trying to find my identity outside of that. Um, just because I had identified with it for so long and I, feel I, this suddenly, so I suddenly was forced into doing things that I couldn't see in the mirror or that were actually, you know, putting me in a position that I was gaining weight. And mm -hmm. that was like the hardest thing, I think, for me as a whole. Um, because I've always been a very small, petite individual. I've never Same. had an issue with like weight. Um, you know, I always was trying to put on more muscle or um, just always just kind of stay as lean as I could. Um, but you know, going back to what I said in the beginning is like, I was lean, but I felt like crap. I felt mm -hmm. like complete crap all the time mentally. Um, so that mental shift in understanding that I needed to just let go and surrender to the process was, was probably the toughest thing that I needed to do. Um, and just kind of, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes to feel better and to get my body to a place where it actually will respond. So I never have to deal with this again. 
Yeah. Um, and you weren't so, fighting it. Like you were actually surrendering and that's the hardest part for most people and that to takes, do. That takes time. Like, I think, I think all of us can relate to that, like identity crisis shift when you're going through this, like we've all went through that in our own ways with like doing yeah. what you need to do. And it is yeah. hard. And that's like, I can empathize with, you know, people who are going through that. Cause I'm like, you know, that there's just on a gen pop level, people who like are having that experience. And it's like, when you add in what we've talked about where it's like, it's your career, it was your sport or like whatever else it's, it's a lot, it's a lot mentally to get through. And so, you know, I feel like that helps, it always helped me. And I think it probably helps all of you guys to really like be able to be in your client's shoes and like offer them that support and empathy on a level that maybe they don't even realize. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's the biggest takeaway for me and I, for Kenny as well as like being able to show up for our clients in a different way. Right. Mm -hmm. Had I not gone through this, I wouldn't have been able to you know, you know, be in their shoes or understand what it is that they're going to kind of going through. Um, I would say the, the toughest part for me was definitely gaining the 25 pounds. Um, yep. it, it not only, you know, obviously it didn't look like what I had for myself, but it also didn't feel very good. Um, just yeah. being a small, you know, a human, but, yep. um, I had to do so many things. I had to do so many things. We Sarah did some crazy things. And whenever she says this, she also hired her own health and fitness coach and worked with him. Both both Sarah and Kenny did. So yeah, thank thank God for Alan Crest. Yes. Honestly. Shout out Alan Crest. Uh, <laughs> so knowledgeable. Um, yeah. And you know, there's a lot of things that I'm gonna talk about, like in terms of what I've done and understand that this was individual to me. And mm -hmm. a lot of these concepts, they're out there in the fitness industry now. And a lot of people there's not, fitness is not black and white. You know, no. you can't demonize one thing or demonize another because in, in context, they all have their place somewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and this is something that I've really learned as a functional health coach is like, you guys, I had to do keto. I had to do intermittent fasting. These are all things that mm -hmm. in the beginning of my coaching career, like I was preaching against, but now I understand that there is the time and place for this. But sometimes a lot of people are misplacing the context of using these things. They so absolutely tools, are. Or they tools think that you can use. Yes. Yeah. Or they think that everything, all of these things apply to them. Like I yeah. know, like there are some people in my mind, I know who will listen to this podcast and I know that they will come to me after and say, should I be doing keto? Should I be doing intermittent fasting? Should I be doing this? Remember that not every single thing applies to you. And also if you are not somebody who is consistent with the foundations and basics, you're not in a place to do these advanced level strategies. Like Sarah it's is, correct. yeah, like Sarah is yeah. somebody who has years and years of experience doing these things. And so she was able to take it to that next level yeah. of advanced strategies. That's like yeah, exactly 100%. what I was going to touch on too, is like, that's not, it's, it's like not running off with that and realizing too, that like what you're talking about is these were all different pieces in your strategic, like hormonal healing journey and like mm -hmm. getting back into fats lost through this. It's not like you did those things because it was like, you're just like going in blind to like try to lose weight. Like you weren't like using keto in that way. Like you guys used it as part of your right. fat loss but it was like, because of what you had going on hormonally, right? Like there was a lot of different things. And also like understanding that when it's under a guidance of a coach and like when it is being used in this way, that is being implemented with like such specificity. Fuck. Yeah. Um, sorry. <laughs> specificity. Sorry. I said it right. Did I not do it? Yeah. <laughs> Edit out me. Sorry. We still love now you. I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed. Edit it out. <laughs> okay. Anyways, it's being done with that. So that way it's like, 
used correctly. Like you're not, I think a lot of people are just like, if they heard that too, they're going to run off and do keto in the context of like just eliminating carbs. And a lot of people still on the very basic level don't even understand what things have carbs and what don't. And yours wasn't like that. You had a very strategic, like when your carbs were at X level, your fats and protein were here on certain days. And other days, carbs were here and fats and proteins were here. Like it was all melded together and on a specific system for you. Same thing with like mm-hmm. intermittent fasting. You know, I, I can remember back when I fell into intermittent fasting without any knowledge about it. And I tried to do it or like when it was like first coming out, everybody's talking about it. And I ate so ridiculously because I was just like the only rule is you can't eat between outside of this window <laughs> so it was like I'm gonna be starving so I just like stuffed my face for eight hours yeah. <laughs> like, and then I was like why am I not losing weight and like that sounds so ridiculous to us but like that I used to be the gen pop like that is how that translates because the information is not out there like and it was you know, like when you were doing that, there was a lot more that went into it besides like, Sarah, you can only eat between six and six or whatever, you know, your thing was. Right. So, um, I definitely think that like asterisk always matters, right. It's like all of these things have a time and place, but Mm -hmm. it's going to depend on where you're at in your journey, what your goals are. And like, also what all you've already done, what you're, where you're trying to go. There's just so much that goes into it. And it's like, not to scare people away from it. It's honestly just to encourage you to like, make sure you either a really do your research or B you really work with someone that you trust. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And and that, that's like, yeah, context is everything. It's everything. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I first started with, with Alan, um, you know, we, we built my calories up. My body was responding. It was great. I was like, oh, wow, this is fantastic. My calories have been higher than they ever had. My body was recomping. It was phenomenal. Um, I definitely changed the way that I was training. Um, this is like what kind of tr- pushed Kenny and I into a trajectory of, you know, really studying the difference, uh, the differences in terms of like training and uh, different stimuli for different different cases um, and really diving deep into that because it's important um, and something that we didn't think about, right? We don't think, oh, well, you know, this style of training is going to, you know, help with more liberty detoxification. Like, why would you even think that? Right. Mm-hmm. But it does. So kind of really diving deep into that and changing the way that I trained um, and really kind of decoupling what I had kind of been doing for two and a half years was really tough. But, um, you know, I went through, you know, reverse, essentially a reverse or recovery diet from where I was, because unfortunately, like I had had pretty low calories and never came out of my previous mm-hmm. fat loss phase, which also kind of led me to, uh, what was going on. Um, it wasn't until we attempted a, a beta fat loss phase that everything started to unravel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at that point we had moved across the country, we had quit our jobs. We were working on our own. We left the team to, to move into our own kind of coaching team. Um, and it just was stressful situation after stressful situation. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm a very high stress individual. It's just something that has always been something that I've struggled with. (laughs) And the, the biggest thing that I really had to do was that I had to slow down and learn to kind of find stillness in my day. And I used to be the type of person that was like, oh, you know, meditation, yoga, those things are not for me because I like to be fast paced. I hated doing yoga because I was like, this is so slow. Like it's, I hate it. Um, and it really is what changed everything for me. And I just actually made a post about this today, like stress mitigation and stress management doesn't mean that stressful situations don't come in your life. Mm-hmm, it just correct. makes it so that you are really good at bringing yourself to center or grounding yourself when those situations come up. So you're not always in fight or flight mode because you're not reacting. You know, for, yeah. 
for 10 years, my body would go into, into flight or fight mode when I would get an email at work. Mm -hmm. Right. So it was like kind of really uncoupling those things and learning how to really kind of center and ground myself. And that was kind of the biggest shift. Um, so, you know, if, if your coach tells you that you need to be working on stress mitigation and you're like, well, that's too slow. It's not for me. My stress, my stress release is the gym. Like, no, when your body is already stressed, the gym is another stressor. It's a good stressor. But when you're coupling that with an already stressed body, you're just shooting cortisol through the roof mm-hmm. and you're not taking care of what you need to take care of. So finding, you know, parasympathetic activities is something that I really had to adopt. Like I had to, and it was the one thing that kind of, I think shifted everything. But, um, as soon as we tried to do a fat loss phase, everything unraveled, my, my blood glucose was through the roof, mm-hmm. like 125. It wouldn't wow. come down no matter what I did. And at that point, everything was so crazy that I started converting protein to fat. And this is why I had to do these things because I was converting protein into fat. I was gaining weight at a really rapid, at a re- really rapid pace. Uh, my blood glucose was not coming down. I was extremely inflamed. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we did the keto and the reason why we did the fasting and the autophagy um, was to essentially reset my entire system. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, I was like, wow, I've literally preached against this for so long, not understanding the proper application for this. And it really opened my eyes to understanding that, like, again, there's a time and place for everything in certain situations. And it was, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, the fasting was probably the hardest. Like I would go, I had keto days and then I had two to three days where I had a modified fast where I was eating a total of 95 carbs. I will that never, I will never forget texting you on those days. No protein, no fat. And it was three days in a row at one point. And then I was going back to keto. And um, that first day, poor Kenny, man, poor Kenny, (laughs) that first day, that first day was always so hard. um, Just knowing Mm. that I wasn't getting food. And I like had, I remember it's like a sweet potato and an apple. And it was like, the greatest thing. Yep, I remember you being like, I can't fucking <laughs> wait to eat the sweet potato. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we did that. I did that for, I think, about eight to 10 weeks. And there mm-hmm. was points in that in that journey that I was really questioning being able to continue. Yeah. Um, training sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated going to I hated going to the gym because it was like, I feel like I'm not doing anything. And then doing the keto on top of that. Like I had no gym pump because I had no carbohydrates, no glycogen. Mm -hmm. It was terrible. It was the hardest thing that I have ever had to do. Um, but at the end of it all, and I'm, I'm going to say this too. I, my body started to respond. I wasn't doing this to lose weight. No period. I wasn't doing this to lose weight. I was doing this to reset my system on a cellular level. Mm -hmm. And it's astonishing how that works, but I did lose weight in the process. However, I did gain it back. Okay. And then some, but my body looked completely different because I was Mm -hmm. no longer inflamed and I was no longer dealing with chronic high levels of blood glucose. We got Mm -hmm. those things under control and it, you know, it was a struggle for, for 10 weeks. And there was definitely times when I would message Karen and be like, I don't think I can do this. Yeah. Like I, 
I'm going to call Alan and be like, I can't, I'm quitting. I'm, do, I'm done. Yeah. But then, you know, you get, like you, Kara said, like you, you walk 12 miles in the forest and you have to see it through. Otherwise yeah. you're just sitting in the forest by yourself. Not like not exactly, doing exactly. It's so, like, what does giving up get you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Like you went through so, so freaking much on your own journey. And I just think it's really important to understand that like, again, as many times as you do want to give up, it's like, you actually have to stop and ask yourself, like, where is this going to get me? I'm simply just going to be stuck where I'm at. If I do choose to give up, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, obviously like that was an entire whirlwind for you. And I'm curious to hear now how like Kenny's kind of like healing story compares to that, because I think that there's so many different contrasts in everybody's like healing story and like how long it takes them and what they had to go through. And like, it's so important to not compare our own journey to someone else's either, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, we've already had, um, you know, you and I each did our own episode on ours. And so then Mm -hmm. you even just take each of those and Sarah's so far, like they all have some commonality and some common threads of things we need to do, especially one of them being manage your stress. Um, but literally like they're all every, every strategy we all had, the route we had to take, what we needed to go through was very different. And so, you know, Kenny's Kenny's will be different from all three of ours. So, yeah. 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 I just want to say like one last thing too. Like, I know I said that was eight to 10 weeks. Right. But that was like the very And that was like the last ditch effort to fix what was going on. And my, the whole course of my journey was about a year and a half. So, you know, yeah, it was a long freaking time and understanding that like those things that you did were a last ditch effort. You had to get consistent with all of the other things first. So like before you kind of go being like, well, maybe I should do this, 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 like you have to evaluate your situation and ask yourself Am I actually even being consistent with like the basic things and mitigating stress and doing all of these things that I know I need to do up front, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Kenny, I'm curious to see, like, to hear a little bit more about like what you had to do through your own gut health journey as well. Cause I don't think I've talked to you as in depth about it as obviously, like I was texting with Sarah every single day of hers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mine was not nearly as bad as Sarah's. Sarah's is really bad in comparison mm-hmm. to mine. Yeah. Um, mine was more so. Oh, what were we saying? Sorry, Kara. Oh, no, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I, I was going to say that uh, mine was more so pretty straightforward. It was just about stress mitigation mm-hmm. um, and taking a bunch of supplements. I mean, the supplementation was insane. Yeah, with supplements with and- the GI protocol are, are tough. That's a big question that we get a lot is like, are all of these actually necessary? And like in a case like that, sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Like there are little things that we might be able to like swap out here and there, but it's like these supplements and these antimicrobials and everything, like we need these for a reason, gut lining support, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it it can be very, very expensive. And that was the one thing that um, I immediately noticed. I was like, holy crap, this is really expensive. But yeah it goes to show, you know, the consequences of choosing to be unhealthy, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I chose to be unhealthy, um, mm-hmm. during that bulk, um, even though I didn't realize the consequences of it. And, uh, basically mine lasted about three months. It, mm-hmm. it was pretty, um, minimal in terms of food. So I went from eating about almost four to 5,000 calories a day to now eating maybe 2,300 calories. So it was a dramatic decrease. Mm-hmm. And 
I did lose weight, obviously, during it. Uh, what The goal was not to lose fat, but more so just ease my system with food, so not to overload it like I had done. Yep. And I think the big, the biggest thing that was really hard for me was the training, um, just because uh, basically I went from seeing myself, you know, developing, taking years. Like I've been doing this for, God, uh, I think almost 10 years now in terms of like training for my own. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe even longer than that, you know, finally developing my goal body to completely losing it. And then now having to relearn how to train with a different type of intensity. And I think for a lot of guys, and I would say even women too, anyone who's a lover of the gym and especially with lifting, um, you know, you, you, there's certain skill sets that come with this where mm-hmm. the first time you learn how to train to failure, for example, or perhaps you get a PR into the gym, it's like a really fun time. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a gut protocol, and this is not to say that this goes for everybody, but for me in particular, I had to really cut back on my training intensity. Mm-hmm. So I would go to the gym and it would feel like I'm doing nothing. Meanwhile, yeah. I'm like huge. I felt huge, right? And my joints were hurting. I was having acid reflux. I looked terrible. Uh, mentally, I was like, this sucks. And because of all those things, mentally, I was like, well, I want to push. I want to get this going faster. And I had to realize that I, I couldn't rush this. And I had to really kind of scale back. Um, and the training was boring. It was very, very boring. And Alan knows that it was boring because <laughs> for me, um, mm-hmm. just because it was different. It was wildly mm-hmm. different. Um, yeah. But going back to that environmental intelligence, it's like the, the, the reason, at least for me, I thought it was boring is that I had no idea what to expect from it. It was brand new for me. And the intensity may not have been as intense as for hypertrophy training, but it still was intense in the sense that I still had to give it my all mm-hmm. in the parameters of the training to get better. And right. so once I gave into the process, then that's when I started to experience positive return. Um, but with with gut protocols and even like hormonal protocols where you're trying to just heal yourself internally, um, there really isn't much physical return. Like you're yeah. not going to see much of a return physically. So like, for example, if you're doing some sort of fat loss phase or some sort of hypertrophy phase where you're f- focusing on the physical, you can expect some sort of physical response. But with a gut right. protocol... The hardest part was that there was nothing. There was nothing mm-hmm. happening. I'm taking all these pills and I my the scale is still ginormous and yep. I look ginormous and it, it but it was but I was getting better. I was starting to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um even though physically I wasn't there. And so uh, it was hard. It was very very hard and you know for for guys um because I know you had said, you know, for the male audience um I I will say that learning to scale back on certain things, I think is really, really important. Um, Just because, you know, with men, you know, men don't have fluctuating hormones like women, like testosterone is fairly stable throughout the month. Mm -hmm. And with women, both men and women can train hard, but women typically have to pay attention more to recovery just because of the fluctuation with estrogen and pedesterone. But with men, testosterone is fairly stable. Um, But, that does not mean that we're immune to overloading our body with stress. Yeah. And training is a very, very easy way to do that. It's it's very easy to overtrain. And mm-hmm. so part of my issue that ultimately led me to a gut issue was not just 
the amount of food I was eating, but it was also the way I was training. I never took, you know, time away from a certain stimulus. Right. Like Sarah had mentioned, there's, there's different energy systems in the body. Mm-hmm. And if you're just banging out one type of energy system, you're just focusing on one version of training. Eventually, if you're not taking enough rest days and you have other stressors in your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like say, you have a stressful job, stressful relationship, whatever it may be, and it's compounding on the stressors of what's enjoyable for you in the gym, you can really screw yourself over. And mm-hmm. so there's periodization of training where it's okay to take it easy. It's okay to take rest days. It's okay to, right. you know, not go to failure all the time. Yeah. Um, so I think the, I think the hardest part for me was definitely the mindset. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, just, just for me, I think it lasted, the gut protocol lasted three months, but my entire journey where I started to actually lose fat again was just recent. Like I yeah. recently just started a cut. Um, right. So yeah. this is like a year. So it was a year of literally taking it easy. Um, yeah. And then my body finally responded. Uh, and now I'm able to train the failure. In fact, Sarah and I, we trained the other day, uh, I think three, four days ago. And that was the first time in over a year that I really pushed myself, like to the point where I used to push myself. Yeah. And it took that long uh, to get there. Um, yeah. And it felt good. It felt great. So uh, you want the the minimum effective dosage, which is a very... Mm-hmm. The very broad term, right? Like, how do you for know sure. what, what that is? You know, right. you just need to know, yeah, for yourself what that is. But yeah. Yeah. And I'm just so happy that you're both in a much better place now. And it's funny to like see us all kind of on the other side of like all of these hormonal issues and all of that kind of stuff. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't have little things popping up here and there, right? But for sure, we're kind of like through the bulk of it. And I think also just hearing both of your journeys speaks to setting realistic expectations for yourself whenever it comes to these types of things. Like I think a lot of people go into a health and fitness journey believing that, okay, they're going to be able to, you know, completely heal their gut or heal their hormones, whatever it may be in like three, four months. And the reality of it is, is like, it's probably going to take you a lot longer than that, especially as a female. And like, again, can take just as long for males at times too. But like Kenny said, we kind of have to deal with a bit more of those hormonal fluctuations, especially Mm -hmm. if you're somebody who's been on hormonal birth control, this plays a really big role into things. But I think it's Mm -hmm. just so important for people to understand and set those realistic expectations for yourself. And also, like Sarah said, in her own journey, like she wasn't doing any of that to lose fat. And like, no matter how many times I repeat to certain people at times or like you know I have this conversation of like hey we are in this phase for this reason this means that we are probably not going to see a big return in terms of fat loss or like physical change or whatever it may be there are still people out there who cannot simply get past the fact that they should still be making big physical progress. And it's like, I think that that's even a really important topic to touch on is like, how does our mindset play into the role of healing and actually getting through these things? Because if you constantly have one toe dipped into the fat loss pond and one toe dipped into the healing pond, you are never going to heal. Like you have to surrender to the process and accept that you're not going to see these big physical changes right now. And that is okay. We don't always have to be losing fat. 
it's okay. You know? And so like, I'm curious to know like how you guys got through that and talked yourself through that and like just kept pushing forward. And there's times when you were like, crap, I really just want to like give up on this right now. Yeah. And I mean, it's such an important thing, I think, to to kind of express to like, just because we're coaches and just because we do this for a living doesn't mean that we're immune to feeling that way. So like when you're feeling that way, like you're not alone in feeling what you're feeling. Like completely valid. valid. Yeah. And it's, it's really hard. And I think sometimes like, Oh, well you're a coach. So you like, you know, but no, it's not, it's like, there was definitely times where I literally was crying because of how hard it was, you know, like, yeah, it's um, totally okay to be frustrated. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's why it's like so important. I think to, to not do this alone. Like, I'm so Mm -hmm. grateful that, you know, we have like this group of people too, because like, I just had a really strong support system, like not only here at home with Kenny, uh, but with you guys and then with Alan as well. And it, it, you know, having a coach to kind of lead you through that is, is so important. Um, Like I can't even imagine trying to do this on my own. And I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that are trying to do this without support at home or, you know, and, and that's where a coach can come in. And I, I am so grateful that I did, did have that. Um, but, you know, that aside, even having all that, it still was really tremendously hard. So um, hard. And the one thing, yeah, the one thing that I think the biggest thing for me was finding <laughs> this was so hard. Because again, like I come from a background where I was always trying to change my body. I was always trying to chase my leanest self mm-hmm. and identifying with that. And um, I had to find love for my body mm-hmm. 25 pounds heavier because I realized that I was never going to be satisfied even if I lost those 25 pounds. You have yep. to find love for yourself and for your body no matter what stage you're in. Because you will never be satisfied when you're 20 pounds lighter from now, 30 pounds lighter from now, or having five pounds more of muscle, you're, you're never going to be satisfied. And that is such a hard thing. And it takes consistent practice. Like, I think harder than anything that you do in the gym, like the mindset part of it is the hardest thing. And um, once you're able to kind of, you know, master that and not to say that, you know, those thoughts, those intrusive thoughts don't come back. They do. They absolutely do. Um, but being able to recognize it and correct it, that's mm-hmm. the difference, right? Um, but if you're able to do that, it makes the journey much easier. It, it's hard, but it makes it much easier because you start to understand and having that shift in your mind that, hey, you know, having a healthy body is the only way that you're going to get it to respond. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be the other way around. It shouldn't be, I'm pushing, 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 pushing to get healthier. It it should already be automatic and and doing things that are best for your health in order to get your body to respond. Because when you work on things internally, it reflects on the outside, both from a mental perspective and from a physical perspective. Um, You know, things that you do in the gym, you know, things that you do for stress mitigation, like those things reflect on the outside. And, um, you know, that, that was probably my biggest takeaway is just kind of really kind of finding love for my body and in every shape and every stage and everything that I had to do in order for me to actually appreciate it. And, you know, I, like Kenny said, like, we're just at a point right now, like where we're just now starting a phallus phase. And I, I attempted one back in December, but I got really sick. So I cut it off and just didn't want to stress my body out yeah. anymore. But, you know, now we're at a point where 
okay, we're going to do this. And, you know, my body's going to respond because I'm in a much healthier place because we took the time to do it. But I'm also going to appreciate my body so much more being able to kind of love it now because it's, right. it's been hard to, to do that, you know? So. Yeah, that pretty much is the exact same thing that I had to go through with myself that, you know, we've talked about so many times on this podcast is just finding that acceptance for yourself. And it doesn't even have to be love. Like you don't, you don't absolutely have to love every single part of yourself, but you do have to accept yourself and respect the phase of the journey that you're in to actually be able to get through the next phase. Because if you are constantly moving through this healing journey with resistance, again, you're not going to be able to get to the end of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious to know, Kenny, is that kind of something that you had to find for your own self as well? Because I know that you were really struggling with your body image as well. Yeah. Um, basically Sarah nailed it, you know, just loving, mm -hmm. your, learning to love yourself. And, yeah. um, I think beyond that, uh, a lot of my time in the cycling world helped me actually just kind of going through that whole thing. Um, and just give like a little background. I was, uh, about, I think 18 years old when I first started cycling. So I was considered a late bloomer for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And th there was a group of people I used to ride with. And I remember the first time I went out for a ride, this guy, who was about 65 years old and I'm 18 years old at this point. He completely destroyed me. In fact, he taunted me and said, hey, let's ride up this hill together. And oh my God. we rode the hill together. Yeah, knowing that he was going to destroy me. And he completely annihilated me. Oh and <laughs> I, I remember being super embarrassed. Oh, and I man. actually didn't go back. I never, I didn't go back for like a couple months. Uh -huh. And then I got the courage to go back. And I started riding with them. And eventually I got better. And then um, there was another group of guys that uh, rode at a different time and these guys were considered racers or whatever mm -hmm. and at this time i was committed to becoming a pro cyclist i got that's what i wanted to do with my life and i went out with them got destroyed again and <sighs> i realized holy crap like i freaking suck and there was there was this uh, way to talk to yourself positively <laughs> yeah but but there was a period of time where um i realized that if i wanted to get better I had to do the hard shit. And so I started riding my own and I rode my own for a good solid two months. And I really started focusing on the quality of my cycling. And eventually I ended up being good enough to ride with these guys. And I ended up racing for UCLA and was on my way to doing what I intended to do. So crazy. Um, but, but I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that there are going to be times where it's very, very hard. And yeah. there's going to be times where you are going to do things that are extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you have, you have two choices. One, you either do it or you don't. And I chose to do it. And yeah. when you are doing it, you basically start to adapt and learn what needs to be done. Um, there's gonna be a lot of failures. There's gonna be a lot of setbacks most likely, but those things are meant to strengthen you. And not necessarily destroy you unless you choose to, you know, give up because I could have easily given up after that guy destroyed me, um, yeah. but I decided not to. And same thing could have happened here with this gut issue. I did all this work, lost all that work. And then, you know, it was hard. It was, it was extremely hard. It was a different, different phase of my life. Yeah. Um, but it, it ultimately, we each have the capability to change our lives, mm -hmm. but the hard truth is that. Uh, you can get the best coach in the world. Like Alan is amazing. 
Alan mm-hmm. is, you know, I, I thank Alan for teaching me how to do certain things. Mm-hmm. But even with Alan, I could have said, no, I'm not doing this. And that yeah. would have gone nowhere. So yeah, yeah. You, you have, you have to do the work. Like you, 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 it's either you do or you don't. Yeah. Literally, that is it. You either do or you <laughs> do not. Like you can't, you can have the perfect plan on paper. You can have the best coach telling you exactly what to do. But like, if you're not actually doing it and putting in the work, then it's not going to happen. And if your mindset yeah. isn't there, it's not going to happen. You know, and just, I just, and just, okay, go for it. no, go ahead. I'm not going to have a valuable input. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you laughing at the do or do not. Yeah. And now I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> it's either mine unless it isn't. Stop. It's, exactly, it's, it's just, you know, <laughs> same concept. It is the same concept, inside joke, inside joke. For everyone who's not listening, that's just, but it is true, right? Like that is the point. You either do the work or you don't. And it sounds as simple as that, but it is more like a complex, meaningful thing to say. I was just picking on Kara when she was here. She lost, she lost, she was like mistaking our Alani news for one another. And like, she was like, that's my Alani new. And I was like, no, it's mine. And she was like, I just really don't think it's mine unless it is. And I was like, yeah, that is, that is the two options. Like it, is, it belongs to you or it doesn't. Like, but the long story short is that you either do the work or you don't, but more importantly, you either do the work or you don't. And you continue to be where you are. Like I always circle back yeah. to that is like, if the worst case, the worst case scenarios, if you do this work and it doesn't work, you're still in the same place you are now. So the mm-hmm. worst case, you're exactly where you are now is if you did nothing. Best case, it changes and you get the results that you want. But if you do nothing, you guarantee nothing changes. So yes, it's a gamble. Yes, you have to work harder. Yes, is there maybe a 50-50? It doesn't work. It's probably not 50-50, but let's play devil's advocate and say it is. There's still a 50% chance it does, whereas staying where you are and not doing the work is a 100% chance that you don't get where you want to be. But also, even if you don't get exactly to where you want to be by doing like the first quote unquote round of work or trying the first method or whatever it may be, now you have process of elimination. Now you can say, okay, this didn't work. Let's move on to the next thing, you know? So that's huge. That's huge. Were you going to say something, Um, Kenny? Yeah, I was going to say just know too that it's okay to reach out for help. Like I obviously had Sarah you know, by my side, um, but outside Alan and, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was hard mentally and, you know, you're not, you don't have to be alone with it. Like the reason I did the cycling alone is that it was more very therapeutic for me. Yeah. And it was just something that I chose to do and I, you know, managed to do it well, but uh, with, with a gut protocol or with any sort of hormonal thing or just anything in general, you don't necessarily know how to navigate and it's very hard like it's okay to receive help with that. Um, Cause I mean, mentally uh, it can be tough. I mean, it can be really hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you start to recognize that you're blocking yourself from seeing a certain perspective, right? Like that environmental intelligence thing where just because of your environment, you may not see beyond the box that you put yourself into, you know, someone else could. And next thing you know, your perspective develops, but um, yeah, I, I thank Alan very much for everything that, yeah. that is my help today. 
We've definitely had some of the best mentors and coaches in the game. Alan, yes. Austin, Austin, Austin. Oh, Grazion, Gillis Pellegrin. So many, so many incredible oh, people. Yeah, yeah so yeah. many incredible people in our corner. And obviously, like each other too. Like we're learning mm-hmm. and growing with That's each other. Huge. Yeah, like we're learning and growing with each other every single day, which is yeah. incredible. And like, I'm so grateful for all of you guys. So grateful for the Lipton. So grateful to have Kai and our squad and just like everybody who is like kind of we've all been through something like this in one way or another together. You know what I mean? Which yeah. just like, it's made it a lot easier. It just reiterates the point too, to me that I want to make, like, and we've made it on multiple podcasts before, especially whenever we've had people like our friends like this on is, you know, if your client, if your coach, which I know if you're coached by anyone on this podcast has some sort of a client community at all, whether it's just a group chat, whether it's a Facebook group, like, please utilize it. Like, I know Mm -hmm. it seems like it's going to be weird to like reach out and just chat that, but like, do a drop, like be like, Hey, what's everybody's Insta's start following each other. And then like, if it's weird to do in the chat, like you could just DM people like, but what you're going to find is that when people are responding to certain things in the chat, or like if your coach facilitates a conversation about like, Hey, anyone who want to offer insight on what, like, your process was like going through a reverse, like there's going to be somebody else you can line up with that has gone through, has gone through what you're about to is going through it with you. And you can start a bond like over that and have that support through it. And then Mm -hmm. like this cool thing just might happen where it's something else. Like this friendship is like, you know, we get together and spend a lot of our time not talking about anything that has to do with fitness or coaching. Like it's not, it's not what it is anymore, but it is something that's still always there for us to whenever that does happen. And like to start, it was like that support system of just like, oh, we like to lift or like we do this thing or like, oh, we're all in bodybuilding. Like it was something so surface level and it can evolve into something much more. And then you have those people in your corner when you do have shit hit the fan, whether it's you're both going through needing to manage stress because something's going on and someone who understands the importance of like taking that break and can encourage you to do that. You know, sometimes that's what our chats are is just like, hey, you really need to take some time for yourself. Like, Hey, you really need to chill out. Like, Hey, yeah. you know, you really need to send a voice memo and remind you like, you're good. Like, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing is really, really special. And it's like so silly, but I just, I feel like I've seen a lot of clients that just like refuse to take that first step of just like reaching out to somebody. And like, I promise they're probably like just waiting for you to do it too. And that's like how it started. We didn't all just have this like magical, we met up like after the online relationship was started. So if your coach facilitates that, which I know both of your teams have platforms for them Mm -hmm. to be able to communicate together, like utilize that resource. I cannot stress that enough because it's, I mean, it's changed all of our lives in such an awesome way. Yeah. Yeah, I met, I met my best friends doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's crazy. People ask me that all the time about moving to Austin and they're just like, Uh like, who are all the people you're hanging out there? And I'm like, by proxy, every single person I hang out with here came from that team. Yeah. Like, yeah, truly. So, and it's wild because like none of us are still on it. So it's like, it's not, you're not going to just, it's not friendships that you'll lose and you may lose some of them, but then like, maybe those just weren't the people that you were going to keep, you know, sometimes it is just a surface and and they're great for a season. But if you go through this kind of stuff together and like help each other through like a healing journey, or like when you're going through some of your like hardest emotional moments, even with something as simple as like a reverse diet or a fat loss phase, like, and have somebody that like can really help you through that. You're probably going to like bond a deeper friendship about other things too. Yeah. Yeah. Just my little sentimental note to end. I love that. I love that so much. This has, this has genuinely been such an insightful and valuable episode. And I mean, I knew it would be, but you guys just always bring like so much insight and so much knowledge. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And of course, 
we have to ask you our famous question. And I'm actually going to go back and listen to our very first episode so we can see what your answers were back oh, then. Gosh. But what <laughs> is your what is your favorite carb source? Did we have this then? I, we didn't start we, doing this from the get-go. No, yeah, we did. We did. Okay, we did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Fuck me then. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me, I guess. Fuck <laughs> me, I guess. Um, favorite carb source? God. A tough one. Um, I mean, does it have to does it have to be like a straight carb source or just like No, it can have fats of protein too. Oh, sushi. Period. Okay. <laughs> period. Period. The period. Period after it. Period. Sushi period. <laughs> what about you, Penny? Is, mine, mine is, and this is very specific. Um, there is this bagel shop in Austin called Rosen's. They uh, have a rosemary bagel there. That I would sounds eat that amazing. It's incredible. Oh my God. Yeah. So, Rosen's rosemary so, but, bagel, baby. Yeah, that is it. If I could have that every day, I would. That'd be my favorite carb source. Well, you know we're big bagel girlies over here. We absolutely love our bagels. But I will say that you guys are the ones who really got me into loving sushi because last year, whenever I came to visit, last January in 2022, we went to Sushi Junai. And that was the first time. That was the first time that I like truly appreciated. I love that you remember the name. Like it was so okay. monumental too. It's because me and Sarah were just talking about it. Like last, it was a pivotal like, moment. It was a pivotal was moment pivotal. though. And you know what's it even was. you know what's even more funny is because that was like three months after I got my first regular period, and that month I had like a really long cycle, and I was like, "Fuck you guys, it's not gonna come." The night that we went to Sushi Junai, I got my period at the restaurant after eating all you can eat sushi with you guys. <laughs> wait but not only that that this was literally this was literally the night that before i had to start keto so i was like let's go that's right that's right sarah's like i gotta eat all the fucking sushi i gotta eat all the fucking let's fucking go that sushi was absolutely amazing and i actually started to like try different kinds of sushi now and honestly i have not had sushi since then so like i'm gonna need to go and get myself some okay so well guys if you ever come back of course, I'm coming back. back. It's a place called Sushi Fever. It's amazing. Is that wait? Is that where we went there. that one day? Oh. Yeah, that's where we went. Yeah, uh, dude. Gotta bomb. go. Gotta go. Sarah, you, you, you gotta go. Okay. I okay. I gotta go back. And of <laughs> okay. course, okay. of course, our last question is just shameless plug time. So, where can our audience find you? What do you have going on? All that good stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay. I always never. I always forget what my handle is. Uh, is Sarah. Sarah Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, Sarah S. <laughs> SarahSL.fit, and that's on Instagram. And then we have our full effort coaching at Instagram. Uh, I don't really use TikTok too much, but SarahSL.fit on TikTok as well. Mm-hmm. And mine's Kennedy.Lipton on both Instagram and TikTok. Perfect. Perfect. So for those of y'all who do not already follow the Liptons, please go ahead and give them a follow. They put out so much helpful information and thank you guys just so much again. We love you so much. You guys are the best friends and some of the best people in our lives. And we're just so grateful to have you on the podcast. So for those of you who love this podcast, if this resonated with you, please go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and review. Share this with somebody that you know needs to hear it. Tag myself, Kylie, not your quick fix podcast, Sarah, Kenny, share this on your stories. And we hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll chat with y'all next time. Bye, you guys.
Bye.